Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of ELP's podcast series. We're joined today by Mr. Vinay Putani, a partner in our corporate practice. And today we're going to be talking about the Digital Personal Data Protection Bill 2022, which has been released by the Indian government for public consultation last week. So to provide a bit of a background on today's topic, uh, the bill has actually had a long history and actually represents the fourth iteration of a proposed data protection regulation in India. The conversation surrounding data privacy has been going on in India for a long time now, particularly since 2017, when the Supreme Court came out with the Puttaswamy judgment that talked about the right to privacy as a fundamental right. Since then, we've had various iterations of bills surrounding data protection, including the draft bill of 2018, as well as 2019. The present bill has been issued by the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology, which has also invited feedback from the public by December 17, 2022. While there's presently no specified implementation timeline for this bill, there are reports that the bill might come up for consideration in the Parliament's budget session in 2023. Once this bill becomes an act, it aims to amend and omit some of the existing provisions of the Indian Information Technology Act. So without further ado, I give the floor to Vinay to give us a bit of a background and this, uh, and details on the legislative scope of the bill as it stands today. Thank you, Naga. Uh, thank you for giving us a long background. That's the time it's taken for this bill to come in place. Yes, uh, the legislative scope of the bill uh, effectively is applicable to personal data collected from data principals uh, who are defined as individuals to whom the personal data relates to within India if it is collected through the online mode and offline mode but is then digitized. The bill also speaks about an extraterritorial applicability which will extend to processing of the digital personal data outside India. If such processing is in connection with rendering of services or providing of any goods to data principles within India. Thanks, Vinay, for that uh, comprehensive uh, overview. So uh, the previous iterations of the bill had uh, various exclusions and exemptions. Uh, does this iteration also encompass any exclusions or ex exemptions? Yes. Uh, currently, the bill, the way how it's been proposed, it aims to exclude any sort of non-automated processing of personal data. It excludes offline personal data. It excludes any personal data which is processed by an individual for any personal or domestic purpose. And any personal data in relation to an individual that is contained in a record which has been in existence for at least 100 years is also excluded. Other than the above, one of the important exclusions that have also been introduced by this bill is a concept where effectively when the personal data of data principles is not within the territory of India and is processed pursuant to a contract entered into with any person outside the territory of India by any person based in India, will be an exclusion from the bill. Let me give you an example on this. So effectively, what it means is that in case where the data principle does not belong to the Indian territory, the data does not belong to the Indian territory, the transaction is taking place outside the Indian territory, but the processing of data happens in India, the bill shall still not be applicable. 
Thanks, Vinay. I think I understand that pretty well now. So coming to the data principles, who are the key stakeholders that are going to be affected by this bill? Uh, are they required to provide prior uh, to be provided with prior notice for collection of their data? And is such a requirement going to be retrospective in application regarding the consents that they had provided earlier? Yes, that's correct. Data principles are required to be provided an itemized notice in clear and plain language that describes the personal data that is being sought to be collected from them and the purpose for such collection. Uh, the provision in respect of providing the notice, interestingly, has also been set out to be applicable retrospectively, where if the data principals have already provided their consent to collection of their personal data prior to the commencement of the bill, then all the, digit, all the data fiduciaries, which are effectively the entities which determine the purpose and the means for processing such personal data, will be required to furnish a notice suit two such data principles, setting out the data that's already been collected and the purpose for which such data has been processed. So staying on the point of consent for a little longer, are there any prescribed formats for which uh, obtaining consent from the data principles is provided? So while the bill does not provide for a specific format, the way how the consent has to be provided, but again, given that consent is one of the legal basis for collection of the personal data under the bill, what the bill says is that the consent from the data principles is required to be taken by way of a clear affirmative action, signifying their agreement to processing of their personal data for a specified purposes. What the bill also requires the data fiduciaries is to provide such data principles the option to access the request for consent in any local Indian language other than English. So that's the concept of consent. What the bill has also done is introduce the concept of deemed consent in situations where obtaining consent is not practicable. Now, deemed consent would apply in only certain situations where the data principle is expected to voluntarily provide such data such as for availing services for purposes related to employment and for fair and reasonable purposes after taking into consideration certain prescribed factors. I mean, pertinently, these additional grounds available under the deemed consent for processing personal data would reduce the excessive data collection request and can definitely become an effective remedy for consent fatigue. Right. So we've talked a bit about uh, the uh, consent and we've talked about the obligations and rights of data principles. What about the data fiduciaries that are actually the custodians of the, such personal data? What are their obligations under this bill? Right. So I think, as you rightly indicated, from a custodian perspective, the intention of the bill is very clear. The bill has provided for certain specific compliances and obligations that will apply to data fiduciaries. And importantly, the bill has clarified that a data fiduciary will continue to remain responsible for complying with the provisions of the bill for any processing undertaken either by itself or on its behalf by a data processor. Now, data processor effectively is an entity that processes personal data on behalf of the data fiduciaries. In this context, data fiduciaries will have to ensure adherence to compliances such as implementing appropriate security measures and grievance mechanisms. Now, other than data fiduciary, 
the bill has also introduced the concept of a significant data fiduciary. Now, these significant data fiduciaries are going to be data fiduciaries will be classified on the basis of factors such as volume and sensitivity of the personal data that is collected or the risk of harm to data principles. Once classified, these significant data fiduciaries are required to comply to certain additional obligations, such as appointment of a data protection officer who has to be residing in India, an appointment of an independent data auditor, and undertake data protection impact assessment, and ensure compliance with other measures that may be prescribed by the authority. So we've talked about uh, the obligations of fiduciaries. We've also talked about consent. Uh, I had a question that I wanted to understand a bit more. Uh, what about a situation where we're dealing with a cl class of persons or a category of persons that are not uh, typically able to give consent? So what about a situation uh, like children, for example? What are the obligations of data fiduciaries regarding such people? So very important question. Uh, the bill classifies children to be individuals under the age of 18, in which case the bill very clearly provides that a verifiable parental consent, including a consent of a guardian as the case may be, is required to be obtained prior to processing personal data of such children. The bill also clarifies that data fiduciaries are not permitted to undertake tracking and behavioral monitoring of children or sending any targeted advertisements directed at any children. Any kind of processing that may cause significant harm to children is barred. And in case of children, parents or lawful guardians will, and in case of children, effectively what the bill says is that the parents or the lawful guardians will deem to be the data principles for the purposes of rights and obligations, which the bill has set out. Thanks, Vinay. I think that makes it quite clear. So we've talked about data principles. We've talked about data fiduciaries. Now coming to the third category that's very important under this bill. What about the data processors? What are the obligations that are placed on them? So while the data processors definitely have a duty to protect personal data, which is in their possession or control, uh, you know, by taking reasonable security safeguards to prevent breach of personal data. Uh, but the underlying principle remains that at the end of the day, the buck stops at the data fiduciary's responsibility to ensure that there is an adherence and compliance of the rules and regulations which will be prescribed effectively under the act. Well noted. So as we discussed, there are a lot of obligations that are placed by this bill. Uh, what about uh, the consequences? Uh, what if uh, there is non-compliance? What are the penalties that might be prescribed under this bill? So what the bill is has currently proposed is a establishment of what is called as a data protection board of India, which is going to be responsible for not only determining the non-compliances under the legislation, but would also be responsible for imposing penalties. Now, this board will be an independent body operating digitally to the extent possible. And the board may either so moto or on receipt of a complaint take actions as prescribed under the bill. Also, one thing that you need to note is that every order that will be made by the board will be enforceable akin to a decree which is made by a civil court. I think another uh, one more aspect which probably I need to discuss while we are discussing 
you know the non compliances and imposing penalties is in relation to what the penalties are that are currently being prescribed under the bill and what the bill speaks about is fines up to 250 crores for non compliance in case of a personal data breach and in case of a non approved data collection of children and failure to report a data breach to the board will result in a fine of up to 200 crores but one thing which you need to note is that the central government may amend the act to increase the penalties specified in the act however these amendments must be proposed in parliament before coming into law one of the other interesting aspects which uh, considering uh, nagam you are a trade lawyer would you know i would like to understand this from you what what does the bill speak in regards to the transfer of personal data outside india because that's been a contentious issue uh, right through you know the third iteration and now until the fourth iteration so is the bill currently speaking anything whether you know the personal data can be transferred outside india thanks for that question vinay uh, actually that is a very key issue that has been contentious in the past iterations of the bill as well in fact one of the primary pain points of the previous drafts was the fact that companies were not allowed in certain circumstances to transfer data outside of india and there were data localization requirements that raised quite a few questions across the board and particularly uh, from the perspective of india's trading partners uh, countries such as the eu have uh, traditionally been against data localization uh the new draft however uh, is uh, quite different in this regard uh the new draft allows uh, companies to transfer data however only to a number of countries that will be notified by the central government presently the bill provides quite a bit of discretion to the central government to determine what these countries will be as well as determine what are the factors that they're going to consider in deciding whether a country will make the cut so uh, i think it's important to analyze this also from the context uh, of today whereas india is uh, participating in high level negotiations with countries such as the uk and uh, the eu for a free trade agreement so given the discretion that is presently there in the bill and uh, the provisions that have been left uh, open to be decided later that we might give the indian government uh, the space the necessary space that they need in order to negotiate uh, such issues as a part of their free trade agreements as well so i think that is an interesting aspect and um, it's something that uh, will be determined of course by the government in uh, um, in due course and um, that is how we will have to uh, see how it uh, plays out um, so thanks vinay for joining us today and giving us such a comprehensive overview of the bill no doubt the present draft of the bill tones down some of the contentious clauses uh, that were an issue and caused uh, quite a bit of industry pushback in the last iteration things such as data mirroring data localization etc of course it's a wait and watch game to see uh, what are the comments that uh, the ministry is going to get and whether there are any clarifications that are issued and which are yet to be prescribed so uh, that should make for an interesting conversation um, to be had soon thank you yes i certainly agree with you nagam and i hope the amount of time it has taken for this bill to be tabled or rather to be put in place for discussion it doesn't take as much as the same time for you know the the government to take and translate this into an act 